Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. January 21st, 2021, coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered, the first full day of Joe Biden as president of the United States. He signed 17 executive orders, uh, as we'll tell you exactly what they are. He also lays out his COVID-19 plan, and we'll break that down as well. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says she will not back down from an impeachment trial, but the timing is still uncertain. Senate, Senate Republicans keep saying, back off of Trump, he's now gone. no. We've got to hold Lard Butt accountable. Democrats take control of the U.S. Senate with three new senators sworn in by Vice President Kamala Harris. Wait until you see uh, what she said yesterday overseeing uh, those uh, uh, overseeing those uh, appointments, those um, elections. And also, General Lloyd Austin, retired General Lloyd Austin, uh, is close to becoming the first black defense secretary. We'll explain. And yo, the MAGA people, oh my God, they're crying, they're weeping, they're moaning. Wait until y'all see this absolutely delightful video of MAGA white tears. And the Proud Boys organizer arrested for participation in the Capitol insurrection. Also, big concert last night, a program celebrating America. A lot of folks perform. John Legend, 
invoking Nina Simone, stole the show, we'll show it to you. Also, Reverend Dr. William J. Barber today delivered an amazing homily at the prayer service, the inauguration prayer service. We'll show you that in full as well. It is time to bring the funk on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Let's go. Among the executive orders uh, President Joe Biden signed uh, includes a mandate of masks on federal property. That is critically important to combating COVID-19. 400,000 Americans have died thus far, and they also want to focus on increasing vaccinations and testing. And then, of course, which will lay the groundwork for reopening schools, businesses, uh, and immediately increase the use of masks. This is what he said today. We're going to have it here. And I thought with the state of the nation today, is no time to waste, get to work immediately. As we've indicated earlier, we're going to be signing a number of ex executive orders over the next uh, several days of the week. And I'm going to start today on uh, the compounding crisis of COVID, that is COVID-19, along with the economic crisis following that, and climate crisis, racial equity issues. And, you know, uh, some of the executive actions I'm going to be signing today are going to help change the course of the COVID crisis, and we're going to combat climate change in a way that we haven't done so far, and advance racial equity and support other underserved communities. We're going to rebuild our economy as well. And these are just all starting points. Long way to go. These are just executive actions. Uh, they are important, but we're going to need legislation for a lot of the things we're going to do. And the first order I'm going to be signing here is relates to uh, um, COVID, and uh, it's requiring, as I said all along, um, where, where I have authority, mandating masks be worn, social distancing be kept on federal property, on interstate commerce, et cetera. So this is the first one I'm signing. And the second one I'm signing here is the uh, support for uh, underserved communities. Uh, and we're going to already, we have a, uh, we're going to make sure we have uh, some bedrock uh, equity, equality as it relates to how we treat people and health care and other things. Uh, and you can, we'll give you copies of these executive orders. And the third one I'm going to sign, and that's what we do while you're all here, is uh, the commitment I made that we're going to rejoin the Paris Climate Accord uh, as, of, uh, as of today. The president wrote a very generous letter. I have it's because it was private. I will uh, not talk about it until I talk to him. But uh, it was generous. 
The United States also is re rejoining the World Health Organization. We've been a member for 72 years, but were removed by Donald Trump. Well, joining us right now is Darlene Superville. She's with the Associated Press. She covers the White House for AP. Darlene, how you doing? Good. How are you? Uh, first off, there's several things I want to talk to you, uh, but were, were you in the press room yesterday for the first news conference uh, of Jen Psaki? I was not there. I was uh, not there in person, but I watched later. Uh, well, I got to get your thoughts. Uh, certainly a stark contrast uh, from what we witnessed over the last four years, uh, press secretaries for Donald Trump. Oh, definitely. Uh, for one thing, there was none of the combativeness that was a hallmark of a lot of the press briefings that we had under the Trump administration. Remember, Sean Spicer came out on day one four years ago and had that combative press conference where he talked about the size of the inauguration crowd being the largest in history ever. And that combativeness continued with Sarah Sanders and, of course, Stephanie Grisham never held a formal press briefing. And then it continued on with Kaylee McEnany. So that was one of the big differences that um, that you saw yesterday. The length of the briefing was also different. There was more time for questions. Uh, Jen Psaki actually started to do a second round with reporters uh, instead of the one round that Kaylee McEnany would often do. Uh, she took a lot of follow-ups, follow-up questions from some reporters. So those were some of the bigger differences. Uh, and you're, you're absolutely right. You did not have the uh, attacks on media. Uh, that I mean, literally, that first news conference of Sean Spicer, y'all should be writing about this and covering this and, and focusing on this. Uh, in fact, the folks at Recount, I'm going to play in a second, uh, they actually put together this comparison video to show the difference as well. So that was so, so, so again, that, that, that also what jumped out at me, Darlene, that you didn't have to do, sit there and be constantly attacked for being a member of the media uh, by, uh, from, the, from the White House podium. And, and often we were often lectured to and told that we were not doing our jobs or we were told how we should be doing our reporting. Uh, there was none of that yesterday. And Jen Psaki, to her credit, came out off the bat and said that one of the things that she wanted to do one of the things the administration wanted to do is to um, use the press, press briefings and put a central focus there back on, on truth and uh, being frank with the public and that kind of thing, which was not something, unfortunately, that we saw a lot of during the prior administration. Uh, let's talk about uh, these uh, executive orders that were signed by President Biden. Uh, that video there, he signed three of them, but he signed a total of 17. Give us a sense of really uh, what they are uh, and, and how important they are in really shifting or changing uh, a lot of the focus of, of Donald Trump. Yeah, well, some of the orders that he signed yesterday, he signed a bunch more today. But some of the ones that he signed yesterday uh, basically undid some things that President Trump did on his first day or in his first days in office. You remember there was the ban that President Trump uh, instituted to ban uh, people from certain Muslim-majority countries from coming to the United States. Uh, President Biden basically overdid that one. Uh, he rejoined the Paris Climate Agreement, which was something that President Trump pulled the United States out of. Um, there were also orders yesterday. There are so many that I'm probably forgetting one or two, but um, he also uh, he also signed an order uh, 
asking, calling on Americans to wear face coverings or face masks for the first 100 days of his administration. You and I both know that uh, President Biden made the pandemic and fighting the coronavirus pandemic, getting it under control, a central theme of his presidency. And what we saw under President Donald Trump was not a very consistent message about the importance of wearing face coverings and doing certain things to try to bring the pandemic under control. So one of the things Joe Biden wants to do is encourage everyone to wear a mask for the first 100 days when you're in public, when you're around other people, when you're in groups of people, because the science and the data has shown that when you wear, when masks are worn properly, they do help slow the spread of the virus. And all the things that we want, getting our lives back to normal, getting the economy growing again, people back to work, children back to school, all of those things aren't going to happen if the virus is still raging out of control, which is kind of where it was left at the end of the Trump administration. And we've now seen 400,000 people in the United States lose their lives to COVID-19. So that was very important to uh, President Biden. And today he signed a bunch of uh, a group of a another round of executive orders today having to do with COVID, uh, requiring that masks be worn on public transportation, interstate transportation, so airplanes, trains, buses, you know, Amtrak, Greyhound, that kind of thing, asking people or requiring people to wear masks in federal buildings, um, using the Defense Production Act to try to ramp up production of the coronavirus vaccine, and so on and so forth. So in two days, he signed, I think, close to at least 25, somewhere between 25 and 30 different executive orders. Um, and so for the folks out there not quite understanding, um, you know, policy, at the end of the day, uh, the Constitution allows for this to happen. And uh, this is allows for him to immediately begin to move on things as opposed to waiting for legislation. But one of the things that he did say, though, yesterday when he signed those executive orders, that, uh, that the biggest things are going to require Congress to act. Definitely. He can't, he, he, uh, I think it was last week, released details or talked about the details of a $1.9 trillion COVID relief plan. Now, that's not something the president can do on his own. That is going to require negotiation with members of Congress and votes in Congress to actually make that happen. There's money for schools. There's money for uh, people who have lost their jobs or don't have have reduced income or no income because of the pandemic. Um, money for vaccine distribution and development and those kinds of things. So you do need Congress to weigh in and um, vote and pass that. And so that's one of the places where, for example, you'll see President Biden, who was a former longtime senator, put his negotiating skills at play to try to get this through Congress. So there, there is a lot to be done. And, and as, as is the case with all presidents, you cannot do it. Presidents cannot do it by themselves. There are certain things that have to be done in conjunction, collaboration, through negotiation with Congress, a, a co-equal branch of the government. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, Darlene, uh, we certainly appreciate it. Thank you so very much uh, for bringing that down for us. Uh, and hopefully, uh, again, we will see a sense of decorum emanating from uh, the uh, podium uh, and you're not going to have to deal with the constant attacks on media. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks a bunch. Thank you.
All right, again, Darlene Superville, of course, with Associated Press. Folks, uh, one of the things that I, that I was just talking about there when I was talking with Darlene, if you, again, j just to understand, folks, I mean, let me find this video, uh, just so you understand, again, the, the difference uh, in tone. And, and see, if you want to see stupid and then you want to see common sense, watch this. This is a comparison of Trump's first press secretary, Sean Spicer, and then Jen Psaki, Biden's first press secretary. Some members of the media were engaged in deliberately false reporting. There will be times when we see things differently in this room. This was the largest audience to ever witness an inauguration, period. That's okay. Uh, that's part of our democracy. That's what you guys should be writing and covering. The importance of bringing truth and transparency back to the briefing room. I will see you on Monday. Let's do this again tomorrow. Thank you, Jen. All right, let's bring in my uh, regular Thursday panel, Reese Colbert, Black, Black Women Views, Erica Savage-Wilson, the host Savage Politics Podcast, Dr. Greg Carr, Chair, Department of Afro-American Studies, Howard University. Uh, Reese, you saw how uh, pissy Sean Spicer was in his first <laughs> conference uh, because he was representing a pissy president. First of all, let me just be clear, uh, the air quality of Washington, D.C. is greatly improved today. Uh, because the stench of Donald Trump is no longer here. Mm. That video, that nastiness, that 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 whiny ass tone, uh, that constant, uh, you know, combativeness. Uh, thank God these thugs are gone. It definitely feels like a different energy um, in this country and in the region. I don't know how long it's going to take for the National Guard to clear out, but I do feel like there are some new sheriffs in town. And that's a really, really good thing. It was just really crazy to watch the press conference yesterday or last night. And it was totally normal. It was like, okay, there's no xenophobic insults, no racist uh, undertones. There's no alternative facts that was coined in the Trump administration. It was just a very normal, policy-driven uh, press conference that was respectful. Um, you know, today, of course... I think the media is taking it upon themselves to hold, you know, to be a little bit more um, adversarial, which is the role of the media, to be fair. Uh, but at least, you know, we we know that we're going to have a dialogue back and forth between the administration and the American people. That is fact-based and that's policy-based. There's always going to be a little bit of spin there, but it's not going to be just straight-up gaslighting like what we saw in the Trump administration. Uh, here and the most important thing is that there is competence and actual things of substance to cover. Absolutely. Uh, Erica, here is Dr. Anthony Fauci today. Matter of fact, again, the folks at Recount did a side-by-side -side comparison. You can tell he is just so happy to be rid of Donald Trump. Watch this. So I wasn't going to have any question. Uh, no, actually. I think so. <laughs> yeah, how about you? So I wasn't going to have any question. Uh, no, actually, I think so. <laughs> uh, Fauci, uh, in fact, Fauci is so happy uh, that uh, he was asked about this, this notion of feeling liberated. Listen to this. You've joked a couple times today already about the difference in, that you feel in being kind of the spokesperson for this issue in this administration versus the previous one. Can you, can you Anthony, talk a little gotta... bit about how free... How much different do you feel? Less constrained? What is the, you know, I mean, you, you, for so many times, you stood up behind the podium with Donald Trump standing behind you. That was a different, that was a different feeling, I sh I'm, I'm sure, than it is today. Can you talk a little bit about, about how you feel 
uh, kind of released from from what you had been doing for the last year? Yeah, but you said I was joking about it. I was very serious <laughs> about it. I wasn't joking. Uh, no, actually, I mean, I mean, obviously, I don't want to be going back, you know, over history. But it was very clear that there were things that were said, uh, be it regarding things like hydroxychloroquine and other things like that, that really was an uncomfortable because they were not based on scientific fact. I can tell you, I, I take no pleasure at all in being in a situation of contradicting the president. So it was really something that you didn't feel that you could actually say something and there wouldn't be any repercussions about it. The idea that you can get up here and talk about what you know, what the evidence, what the science is, and know that's it. Let the science speak. It is somewhat of a liberating feeling. Absolutely. Boy, you can tell Fauci is like, whoo, praise the Lord. Oh, yeah. What a different, a real administration makes. I, I watched that press conference this afternoon, and as Reese talked about, just the level of competency and really for the American public to know that the people that will be standing behind that, that podium, that dais, are very much so committed to truth. Um, even watching uh, Dr. Fauci's body language, you could tell that there was um, an extraordinary difference. And then to add on to the previous regime that just uh, left out, that this, under that regime, uh, Dr. Fauci had to hire security. This is a man mm. who's well into his 70s, that exercises regularly, could probably outrun, uh, you know, folks, you know, three, you know, much younger than him, um, but they had to hire security because um, the uh, former son of a, well, the son of a Klansman, uh, had his goons go after him because he um, politicized COVID-19 and actually wearing masks, which uh, now 400,000 people have passed away from. So uh, it definitely was liberating, I think, for many that were watching the press conference to hear a person that has studied science um, for as many decades as he has, that has really been an authority um, and a trusted voice in the community, lifting up Dr. Uh, uh, Kismikia Corbett, who was the lead researcher in the COVID vaccine, lifting up those voices, an African-American uh, woman, um, that his voice has um, to some degree been returned to him. And he's free Monday through Friday, whatever days are designated, to share with the American public uh, any new and um, updates, developments uh, around COVID-19. Uh, Dr. Greg Carr, um, again, we see the actions uh, taken today, um, uh, doing his best to quickly unwind the craziness uh, of, the, um, of the Trump administration. And you know, when he signed the Paris Accord, you know, and, I've, and, and I've really seen, and it, it, it's hard for me to have to sit here and listen and watch anything that this idiot uh, Ted Cruz says or does. Uh, he put out something said that uh, the, the people of America don't care about the residents of, P of Paris. They care about the people of Pittsburgh. Go to my iPad. So then, then, then he's actually trying to sit here and, and keep pushing this thing up. What? Not realizing, Dr. Carr, that they call it the Paris Accord because it was signed in Paris. I mean, yeah. for somebody, and I, and I love, for, for somebody who supposedly is this brilliant legal scholar, went to Harvard, mm -hmm. all of He really is a dumbass. And what Biden, by Biden saying, no, we are back into it, is admitting finally science matters, finally that climate change is real, because we've had to endure 
four years of absolutely nuts. Absolutely, and, and you're right. And uh, <coughs> clock is ticking on Cruz. 2024, he can be swept wrong with the rest of the trash. They haven't put him out by then. And, of course, people came for him immediately on social media. They say, so I guess that means that the Treaty of Versailles was about France and not World War One. I. I mean, Cruz isn't, um, Cruz isn't stupid. Cruz there taking selfies. Young Josh Hawley taking selfies. You know, because they're going to try to now crawl back up into the place where they can position themselves to run for president. Now, yesterday was very momentous. I mean, of the 17 that were signed, uh, rejoining the Paris Accord, uh, shutting down Anwar again, the Arctic National Wildlife Reserve, which, by the way, people haven't been bidding on much uh, because, you know, fossil fuels are quickly moving into a thing of the past. All of these uh, all of these executive orders are with an eye toward the next phase. And so what we're going to see and what, what we what we saw yesterday was a down payment, uh, the DACA. Action. Almost 700,000 young people are affected by that. And as far as the African countries go, think about those so-called asshole countries. Nigeria, for example, that Muslim ban wasn't just for Muslims who weren't black. Come on, black folk. Nigeria, mm-hmm. uh, the Sudan, Somalia, Eritrea. I mean, think about the people who we have in our own lives who are affected by that. Um, yeah. and Liberians. Hey, you Liberians who are living right. in fear of deportation. He took care of that yesterday. And, and yep. again, it's a down payment going forward. Why? Because we talk about a Green New Deal, but those green jobs, I mean, that are going to be pushed. I mean, I heard... Uh, um, uh, Debbie Stabenow, uh, who's going to be uh, over agriculture in the Senate committee once we destroy Mitch McConnell's foolishness, um, talking about the fact that not only must SNAP be addressed, not only must WIC be addressed and all those things that fall into ag, but move forward on the notion of renewable energy jobs and get rid of this carbon imprint. The, the down payment on that was getting uh, shutting down Anwar, yes, Anwar yesterday. There were a lot of down payments yesterday. And Ted Cruz is doing the only thing he can do right now. That is, until his governor in Texas and his attorney general start suing. Expect that war now. That's what they're going to do. They're going to the courts. That's where they're going to put their, their federal judges in play at this point to declare all this stuff illegal. Look for that on DACA. Look for that on the wall. All that stuff, they're going to take it to court. But all Ted Cruz can do right now is cry bloody murder. And it sounds so sweet, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Here, um, Reese, that is that's a trip, and, and just watching these people. Now, now you got these people, and, and I'm not gonna name one uh, one fool who just said some stupid stuff, but uh, these folks. Oh, uh, Biden promised this on day one, and and he hasn't done this for black people, and he said this. Okay, uh, if you got student loan, more black more black students. Black students have higher student loan debt than any other group. So I'm just trying to understand how Biden's executive order on student loan doesn't actually help black people. More black people have died disproportionately from COVID-19. In the medical field, more black medical workers have died from COVID-19. So I'm just trying to understand how the executive order on COVID doesn't actually help black people. And you get all these fake ass conscious people who are so woke, who are so old or so super, super black. I didn't see any of their asses down in Georgia uh, (laughs) trying to get Osof and elected to control the United States Senate. But what kills me is 
Run, he hasn't done this, this, this. I, I'm just trying to understand. Are you saying black folks are not impacted by any of this? I'm telling you right now, I'm going to cuss a lot of people out. <laughs> I mean, this is <clears throat> what we always see. These arbitrary litmus tests that are impossible to pass because, first of all, the, the, the things that they are setting up for their litmus tests are not at all doable, whether it's by executive order or are doable with the current composition that we have in both chambers of Congress. And so, you know, I think we're going to see a lot of the goalposts moving. We're going to see a lot of the hand wringing, wringing and the grifters who really, really make, um, make a living out of being chaos agents and out of always kind of whipping up this outrage. The bottom line is this. There was a primary that was held and Joe Biden was not a candidate who ran on wholesale debt, student loan debt forgiveness, okay? So that was already litigated, and it, we have a nominee. Like Joe Biden said, I beat all those guys, okay? And so I think that there has been a campaign since the election to try to say, cancel all student debt and, and do all these things. Joe Biden did not run on any of those promises. I understand activism. I understand trying to push but don't say it's a broken promise when he clearly did not run on that. He did not run on Medicare for all. He ran on a public option. He ran on things that he's actually implementing right now. And so if you have a problem with what 81 million people voted for, that's on you. But don't sit up there and lie on him and say that he's not keeping the promises that he made. We're not talking about the promises that are, are, are the op-eds that Elizabeth Warren uh, wrote or the campaign cancel all student loan debt. That's fine. That's called, you know, advocating for your position. But there's one president, and that's Joe Biden. But the bottom line is this. You cannot look at what Joe Biden has done just with his executive orders and not see a down payment as Dr. Carr just correctly characterized it as. And these are not snap your finger, everything is solved, wave a magic wand things. These are things that are putting in place the infrastructure, the policy making, the policy makers that are going to over time, be able to address these things. We're not going to be able to solve the fact that right now, as of today, Black people are disproportionately less vaccinated, even as the first phase of vaccinations are going to people who are healthcare workers, which are disproportionately Black. So there are a lot of things, there are a lot of inequities that have to be solved. We have a person who's actually looking to solve them, an entire administration, as a matter of fact, but it's not going to happen overnight. We still have a situation where Congress, with Chuck Schumer, he can't even play any kind of hardball to get the goddamn power share agreement done with Mitch McConnell. And so you guys have to understand, it's not all Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and, and, and executive order. There is an entire bureaucracy of government that has to move in order for anything to be, or in order for everything to be accomplished. You can accomplish some things, but you can't accomplish everything. So if you want to sit up there and push, that's fine. I don't have a problem with anybody pushing it. But don't gaslight and don't lie on people and, and don't act like nothing is being done. Uh, yesterday uh, in his inauguration address, Joe Biden said something, President Joe Biden said something that, oh my goodness, for white folks on the Republican side, they're clutching pearls. Roll it. A cry for racial justice some 400 years in the making, moves us. The dream of justice for all will be deferred no longer. 
A cry for survival comes from the planet itself. A cry that can't be any more desperate or any more clear. And now, a rise of political extremism, white supremacy, domestic terrorism that we must confront and we will defeat. <gasps> Did he say white supremacy in a presidential inauguration address? First time ever? Poor little Karl Rove. He was, <laughs> he was saddened by this, Greg Carr. He, he was, he, he was torn up by this. Listen to this pinhead. Uh, whether it's COVID or the economy or racism, wh why are they talking everything down, do you think? Well, uh, part of it is to lower expectations. The economy is really bad. COVID's all screwed up. It's all bungled. Uh, you know, don't, don't, it's going to be really hard to get these things fixed. And then when, in, as people get their vaccinations and the economy begins to rebound as a result of it being opened up, they can say, look at us, didn't we do a great job? The racism thing to me is, I was offended in the speech. I mean, I thought it was a good speech. It wasn't a great speech, but it was a good speech and it was the right speech for the moment. But there was a point in there where he said, we're divided as a country between the people who believe in the American ideal and racism, nativism, and fear. No, 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 we're divided as a country politically over, over questions of policy and direction and respect, but we're as united as a country against racism and nativism. Uh, there, there, there are people in this country who are racist, there are people who are nativists, but the vast majority of Americans stand together on those issues. And that was an attempt to basically say, if you're not for me, you're part of the group that's you know, racist and nativist and fear-mongering, which I didn't think was a good note to strike. But I'm sorry. Um, we're united against racism and nativism. Um, is Carl aware of those so-called patriots who call Capitol Hill police officers niggers? Mm. Carl, you're in Texas. There are five to seven Republican Party county chairs who have said racist things. Only one of them has resigned. Mm. It's amazing to... I just... And, th and see, this is the thing... Uh, Greg, that I keep trying to explain to people. These folks live in such denial and they walk around going, I, no, no, we are not racist. We love everyone. Now, we'll be happy to support Donald Trump uh, in saying he won the election by trying to throw out black votes. That's, that's not racism, that's, that's politics. When Carl says, we're not divided, because of race, we're divided because of politics, as if race is not involved in politics. And so the game that you're seeing, and see, this is why last night, Greg, Tucker Carlson rolled out fat-ass Jason Whitlock. <laughs> Somebody who knows nothing about politics, who admits he does not vote, but he rolls his lying ass out to have black cover, say, well, black people call, he, this fool actually, oh, the K, uh, uh, Black Lives Matter is the same as the KKK. 
This is how these folks see us because for Fox News and OANN and Newsmax, they are talking to white people. Mm -hmm. And they're talking to black people who make excuses for white people like Jason Whitlock and Leo Terrell and Candace Owens and people like that. But Carl was offended, Greg. His feelings were hurt. Well, what is it? What's the old saying? The same night awaits us all. Carl will meet his ancestors soon. And uh, he's irrelevant. This is his death bleat. Um, Little Wayne and Kodak Black got pardoned by Donald Trump on the way out the door. Let's not forget that there is in this country, uh, like every other country on the planet, uh, a, a lack of knowledge, uh, an immaturity, a political immaturity that uh, can be corrosive. And so there will be, and never forget, one of the reasons why we even know the name Donald Trump is in some ways hip-hop in the 1980s and 90s. We used to listen to everybody talking about staying in Trump hotels. So, so ignorance is a very powerful tool. And while Do, while uh, Carl Rove knows exactly what he's doing, and there's going to be a cottage industry for the Whitlocks and the and the Candaces and Owens and all the rest of them, they're going to make a little money over the next few years as the White Nationalist Party retreats to its cave and reverts to what it was doing prior to 2016. That's all they're going to do. Um but I think it, it it behooves us, and, and I appreciate the fact, brother, that you always take us back to Martin Luther King. I mean, like I said when we were on yesterday, I mean, I, I went back and started rereading some King and just reminding, you know, of the fact that Joe Biden is a is a nativist. He's a nationalist. Um, he isn't a white supremacist in that sense. But when you cover your activity with the red, white, and blue flag and steep it in American exceptionalism, you, th- you, 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 you risk obscuring the fact that what Joe Biden wants to go after, namely the Klan, and they won't be the first time, and Mary Garland cited the reason the Department of Justice was founded in 1870, which was one part of it to go against the Ku Klux Klan. So th- th- there'll be that kind of rhetoric. There'll be those kind of results, I think, and that'll be very satisfying to all of us in this country. But never forget that today Avril Haines was um, confirmed as the uh, Director of National Intelligence. This is the lady who approved Obama's kill list. This is the lady when she was deputy national security advisor and then deputy chief of the CIA approved and endorsed torturing and killing American citizens. Some of those drones killed American citizens. Never forget the Anthony Blinken, who is uh, the nominee for secretary of state. He was one of the main ones advising going into Libya, staying in Iraq. I mean, in terms of foreign policy, this administration is going to be, unless it's pushed, the same neoliberal. I mean, hey, it's great to have a black dude at the Pentagon, but let's never forget that AFRICOM destabilizes governments in the continent of Africa. And never forget also that Joe Biden has already come out and said he's going to recognize Juan Guaido, a whole clown, as the president of Venezuela when he is not the elected president of Venezuela. He is nowhere near the president of Venezuela. In fact, they had a riot at the Capitol in Venezuela that made what happened at the Capitol in Washington, D.C. look like a little slumber party. But Joe Biden has already come out and said, that's my guy. But see, when you wrap it in red, white, and blue, what Karl Rove is very clear about is that as long as we can keep this on domestic policy, I can nurture white uh, ignorance and move, and move and, and weaponize it and use it politically. Meanwhile, black folk are susceptible to being satisfied with some kind of let's go after these clans and let's go. No, you got to root out white supremacy at the root. This is what got Martin Luther King killed. When you start talking about the evils of militarism, 
excessive materialism and racism, Martin King isn't recognizing nation state boundaries. And I, and, and I hope as we push this administration, because there are three branches of government, and I think that whether he whether he endorsed Medicare for all or not, I think the, the initial move will be to pass legislation to make sure everybody has health care to survive through COVID. And once that beachhead is established, do you like that? Yeah. Well, then maybe we need to go back and make this permanent. I mean, so there's going to be some battles back and forth, but I think we have to be very careful how we conceptualize this notion of race when it is wrapped in a red, white, and blue flag, because this country did not change yesterday in terms of foreign policy, except that they're going to re-engage those international institutions. And in some ways, that's going to be worse for some of the countries where our ancestors came from. Well, see, they don't yeah. want us, I mean, the real deal is that what they don't want us to, to really do is confront these things head on. And the reason a Karl Rove Erica is so upset with this is because this is what really bothers him. They've always been fine when the black person says it. But when you but when you're President Joe Biden and you know without black people, you ain't even near the White House, and then they also know that black people are not about to be silent and just accept anything, I keep telling everybody, <laughs> black folks were very quiet with Obama, but a lot of black people were privately seething. I kept telling everybody, the next black president or the next Democratic president not going to have the same runway. There are going to be some, uh, some demands here. And so what the car rows of the world are speaking about is what I have been saying about white fear. They are scared to death of giving up power, resources, and control. What we are saying is, y'all got to give up some power, some resources, and control. Right. And, you know, Dr. Carr just laid it out. This is simply a retooling. So without that loud voice that was occupying the people's house, now they just have to... Um, uh, repackage it a bit different. The message uh, definitely isn't the same. And just for everybody to remember, this is the same Carl Rove uh, that organized to uh, make sure um, a considerable amount of money went into Georgia to continue to uplift white supremacists like Kelly Loeffler and uh, David Perdue, who mocked our uh, Madam Vice President's name, um, thinking that it would help him to retain his seat <laughs> in the Senate. It did not. Kelly Perdue who um, owned uh, a black women's basketball team, which I'm told that that is something that I think she's, um, that that won't be that way um, here shortly, I believe. But, um, and then co-sponsored um, legislation with Marsha Blackburn out of Tennessee um, using anarchist language, specifically talking about Black Lives Matter. So when you have a Carl Rove, who I guess he thinks because he did a massive class with David Axelrod, that he's kind of this person that is, you know, very much so can uh, speak on all things. He doesn't really have a, a dog in this fight. What was said needed to be said. And again, when you think about what black folks have endured, that we literally walked President Joe Biden to the White House, um, that this is really kind of what we're hearing out of Fox is more of an echo chamber to continue to soothe their base, to make people feel like they're not as racist if they were a part of the 75 million specifically the 55% of white women that can, uh, wanted to make sure that uh, Donald Trump stayed in the White House, which he didn't. Um, 
this is par from the, for the course um, as it relates to Carl Rove. Uh, again, and a part of this whole deal when we talk about the exchange of powers, what's happening right now uh, in the United States Senate. Of course, uh, you have uh, Mitch McConnell now uh, is threatening to hold things up because he wants uh, Senator Chuck Schumer to guarantee that Democrats are not going to uh, end the filibuster. But here's what is very interesting about this, Reese. Since 2013, the filibuster rules have been changed. Once by Democrats, twice by Republicans. See... For people who can't read, then you can follow the rest of these people. Republicans said, Harry Reid is responsible for this. And some stupid Democrats agreed with him. But Harry Reid changed, Senator Harry Reid changed the rules when he was majority leader because Republicans kept holding up nominations and judges of President Barack Obama. So he changed it to apply to lower level judges not Supreme Court justices. Republicans use it to say, oh, hell, we're going to change that. We're not going to require 60 votes for Supreme Court justices. We're going to make it a simple majority. So now, so now, they're saying, well, wait a minute. We, we, y- Lindsey Graham, y- y- y'all, y'all got to agree to this. And you got, you got that, that, that the woman out of Arizona and Joe Manchin, oh, uh, no, we shouldn't change the rules This is the problem with Democrats. They are unwilling to be ruthless. They are unwilling to say, we we, we don't give a shit what y'all think. We ain't listening to y'all right now. We got the power. And what what Chuck Schumer, when he came on here, what did I say to him? Man, (laughs) will you get it? Wield it. Use it. Because you don't know how long you're going to have it, Reese. Listen, I I have to slightly defend uh, Joe Manchin and John Tester. I don't know what uh, Kristen Sinema might have said, but they did say that there's absolutely no way that Chuck Schumer should agree to take the filibuster off the table, um, and that he should use whatever leverage and what you know whatever leverage and power that he has to move forward with this. So this is solely on Chuck Schumer at this point. It seems to me like he's the weakest link in all of this, which is not surprising. And I'm trying to figure out, is there anybody in the caucus that has the balls to pull a Mitch McConnell on Mitch McConnell? Because how much more Mitch McConnell do we have to see before we realize that you don't negotiate with terrorists? It's sickening to see headlines of Mitch McConnell's objecting to this, Mitch McConnell wants this. Who gives a damn what Mitch McConnell wants? You have 50 Democratic senators and you have a Democratic Vice President Kamala Harris. Their opinion doesn't... I was on go cuss. Their opinion doesn't matter. <laughs> There's no reason why today with a Democratic majority, with when you take into account the tie-breaking vote, that you still have Republicans chairing these hearings for these uh mm-hmm. for these for these appointees. I understand that you have to have a power sharing agreement, but this is the first test of Chuck Schumer and if he's gonna have the balls to to govern and wield this power because if you can't get a power sharing agreement together, then how the hell are you going to get $15 minimum wage and all these other things that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have put forth as priorities? And so, I, I you know, to me, the even one-day delay in this quote-unquote power sharing agreement is too long. I think Chuck Schumer has shown too much weakness. And somebody got to do something about it. It looks like we might be stuck with him. 
And if he continues to be a weak and, um, you know, a weak leader, then we could kiss any chance of the Senate in 2020, 2022 of expanding that lead, holding on to it, and we could probably kiss the House goodbye. So a lot is riding on Chuck Schumer finding some balls from somewhere and realizing that you don't mm -hmm. negotiate with these Republicans. They're not operating in good faith. If you can't use the filibuster, if the filibuster is gone for permanent lifetime appointments to the Supreme Court, then what goddamn use is it? And the last thing I want to say is Mitch McConnell put out this thing about preserving minority representation and minority rule. This is the same person that refused to bring up bills, over 400 bills passed in the House that never got a vote in the, in, in the Senate. He did not want to even take a vote on the, um, on the HEROES Act that passed in May. It, was, it wasn't until December where they even took a vote on COVID relief. And so he is a complete hypocrite. And if Chuck Schumer allows uh, Mitch McConnell to, to, to walk him like a dog, then we're all going to be the worst off for it. Um, let me, uh, as far as I'm concerned, this really is the re only response that I would give to any request made by any of these Republicans. Sorry about the that's my only response, Erica. <laughs> yeah, what else is there? I mean, you there I, I would just continue to say 400,000. I, I there are 400,000 people dead. That Republican controlled Senate did nothing in the way of making sure that Americans had proper COVID relief. They did nothing. As a matter of fact, went on recess and flaunted it several times throughout the calendar year how they were going on recess and would confirm judges, but would not make sure that American households were taken care of. We're talking about people that still um, were uh, in fear of losing their homes, food insecurity on the rise. The shit that Republicans have taken this country through just in 2020, that response from Harlem Knights is totally appropriate. So, I mean, I agree. Reese's laid it out. She's tweeted about it there really has to be a very, very strong, as much as, uh, you know, there's been talking about healing, unity, uniting, the accountability piece. There has to be accountability for the people that went out and voted to make sure that there was going to be some level of representation and people that actually would push for legislation or make sure that legislation that would protect them. They left their homes. They voted from in the House. They did what they needed to do to make sure that the Democrats at the House kept the House, um, have power in the Senate, and have the White House for there to be this lame, very much so um, um, not aggressive push by uh, the now majority leader, Chuck Schumer. So uh, this is a time where people, where they feel like uh, they want to have something to kind of push, you call, get on your phones, push, make sure that your representative knows that, listen, the suffering did not stop on January 20. It still continues. And that is the way that we're going to actually make things happen. It wasn't through um, all of these other uh, protections that people thought the Constitution. It was the American people that made sure that we still retain some semblance of democracy. So now people have to elevate their voices to let 
um, the members of Congress and let people, particularly in the Senate, know, particularly your Republican um, uh, members, that, listen, you are still here right. and you expect for them to push things that were going to be in favor of your household. Uh, well, uh, of course, so we know it all changed when yesterday Vice President Kamala Harris swore in three new members of the United States Senate. The chair lays before the Senate two certificates of election for the state of Georgia and a certificate of appointment to fill the vacancy created by the resignation of former Senator Kamala D. Harris of California. <laughs> yeah, that was very weird. Okay. <laughs> The certificates the chair is advised are in the form suggested by the Senate. If there be no objection, the reading of the certificates will be waived and they will be printed in full in the record. If the senators elect and senator designate will now present themselves at the desk, the chair will administer the oath of office. Mr. Ossoff, Mr. Padilla, Mr. Warnock. Please raise your right hand. Okay. Do you solemnly swear that you will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that you will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that you take this obligation freely, without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion, and that you will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office on which you are about to enter so help you, God. I do. Congratulations. Now, of course, uh, last night in the Celebrating America program that was broadcast nationwide, Vice President Kamala Harris also addressed the nation. Ladies and gentlemen, the Vice President of the United States, Kamala D. Harris. Good evening. It is my honor to be here, to stand on the shoulders of those who came before, to speak tonight as your Vice President. In many ways, this moment embodies our character as a nation. It demonstrates who we are. Even in dark times, we not only dream, we do. We not only see what has been, 
We see what can be. We shoot for the moon, and then we plant our flag on it. We are bold, fearless, and ambitious. We are undaunted in our belief that we shall overcome, that we will rise up. This is American aspiration. In the middle of the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln saw a better future and built it with land-grant colleges and the Transcontinental Railroad. In the middle of the Civil Rights Movement, Dr. King fought for racial justice and economic justice. American aspiration is what drove the women of this nation throughout history to demand equal rights and the authors of the Bill of Rights to claim freedoms that had rarely been written down before. A great experiment takes great determination. The will to do the work and then the wisdom to keep refining, keep tinkering, keep perfecting. The same determination is being realized in America today. I see it in the scientists who are transforming the future. I see it in the parents who are nurturing generations to come, in the innovators and the educators, in everyone everywhere who is building a better life for themselves, their families, and their communities. This too is American aspiration. This is what President Joe Biden has called upon us to summon now the courage to see beyond crisis, to do what is hard, to do what is good, to unite, to believe in ourselves, believe in our country, believe in what we can do together. Thank you, and may God bless America. Well, one of the folks uh, who would, I would dare say uh, is, uh, I don't know if he's a bigger supporter of Kamala Harris than Reese, uh, but, he, but he damn gives Reese a run for her money, uh, and that is uh, Drew Comments. Uh, we had him <laughs> on the show before. Uh, he is back. Uh, Drew, hell, we, the inauguration happened, and you still swinging on people uh, who are saying... Uh, Kamala Harris was leading mass incarceration. I've been looking at your tweets. You may you just been cussing folk out for the last 48 hours. Hey, man, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm in an element of petty. I think I'm going to let that go today, though. Um, just kind of a ha-ha, you know, nine-nine-boo-boo, told-you-so type of mood. Uh, just, you know, considering everything that we went through at the beginning, you know what I'm saying? Oh, uh, just to let you know, I am repping my alma mater, North Carolina A&T State University, so make sure y'all see that, Aggie Pride. But, um, you know, just considering everything we went through starting uh, at the end, really, of 2018 going into 2019, uh, and just the vitriol, the backlash, and I even got a chance to meet, speak with people who were directly, you know, over the course, of, got the chance to speak with people who were directly on her campaign, and they were just expressing, like, how just incredibly stressful and hurtful and painful it was to see so many lies about her record uh, and such. And it was just a war zone back in those days. So to go from that point where we were then and people saying, oh, this never happened and us having to do our research and get everything filed away, color coordinated and all that to where now it's just rapid fire. I can shoot a video at you like that. Um, it's a good feeling and, and I'm petty enough to enjoy it. But just for a little bit, you know, they want us to come together. So 
I'm gonna well, listen to, to Big Dog Joe. Well, when you say you're gonna release the petty, um, Reese was a part of our coverage yesterday. She said, "Hell no, she she she, she gonna stay petty." So uh, I got a feeling uh, she probably will tell you. Uh, uh, and Reese, do you agree? Uh, keep the petty going 100. <laughs> keep the petty going. If they're gonna be petty, we gonna out petty the petty people. So. Right, no right. foot. We're not letting our foot up off of anybody's neck who comes for VP Harris. Oh, facts, facts. All right, then I, I could, I could certainly be on track with that. Absolutely. <laughs> Again, it it, 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 it has been, it has, it has been uh, r r just real funny. You, you, you had to you dig up the old videos, breaking folks off, saying no, that didn't happen. No, that didn't happen. No, that didn't happen. But, but I gotta ask you this here, and I said this, and you know, Reese knows this. I, I. I Part of the problem is that I think that her team let it build and fester too long. And I think that they were caught off guard not realizing, um, look, Russia was going after her, the troll farms. You had folks who were stoking and provoking black men as well. And let's just be real clear. This is not going away. Her team is going to have to be fully prepared to swing back at every moment they can on this issue because this is what they sense as a perfect attack vehicle uh, to go after Vice President Kamala Harris. Oh, yeah, absolutely right. It's not going away. I mean, but uh, the other, you know, the other side of it is that, you know, Reese, myself, uh, you know, Kenny, uh, you know, Sydney, uh, Maya uh, Contreras, uh, even uh, Heather, uh, and, and and really the rest of K-Hive, you know, Chris Evans and such. And, like, we have done the groundwork, Candace Aston, and, like, really have laid out the, the record in plain view. So, I mean, we got the blueprint. Like Jay-Z said, I got the blueprint. You just got to follow it. Um, you know, and so it, it, it's there. Our team is there. Biden's, uh, you know, the Biden-Harris team is, is there. And, and it, I mean, they got we got everything laid out for them. Um, I think you're right. They got caught off guard. They understand the nature of social media. Maybe 30 years ago, you could let stuff like that die down. But now these amplified echo chambers don't nothing go away on the Internet <laughs> or social media. So mm -hmm. it's um, you have got to hit back. And so what we did was we hit back. And now I got videos. Literally, it, you can just load them things like clips into and, and just fire them off. And they're there for you at any point. So we got it. You know, Reese, we were talking about that uh, during, during the campaign where you were basically wanting to strangle the Biden people. By saying, "Look, you got to you got to use graphics. You got to post videos, short form stuff. Not no, not a seven minute video, but it's got to be sixty seconds or less, where you can just that that way. Boom! It can be shared. It can be it can be sent out. And, and again, even though they're now in the White House, uh, the Biden team and the Harris team, they have to be focused completely on understanding that the Trump folk, especially those on the right." They dominate Facebook. Um, it's all about how you spread misinformation. These people will lie all day, and you can't just let it go. You got to, it has to be constant. I mean, I'm talking about, it has to be, when they swing, you swing. I mean, that, 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 in fact, they, they really should have, I know they have their digital team, they really should have a rapid response uh, uh, mis, uh, a ra I, I just say a rapid response disinformation misinformation team uh, in the White House uh, to combat the crazy. 
Absolutely. You know, I, I must have said disinformation, misinformation campaign at least a million times. And I know a, a lot of times when I said it, people thought that I was being conspiratorial. People thought that I was being hysterical. Oh, you're just a Kamala supporter. You don't want anybody saying anything negative. And I think we've seen the way that it is just, just uh, insidiously permeated every aspect of our society, not just politics, not just what happened to VP Kamala Harris, but what's happening with the vaccines, what's happening with COVID. And so it's a very dangerous thing to go unchecked. And I what, what I want to see from the Biden-Harris administration, um, they, you know, Biden-Harris has a different problem than what VP Kamala Harris has. But in terms of the Biden-Harris administration, I want them to, as you said, have a rapid response disinformation campaign. They have to bring the information in bite-sized formats to the people, which is on social media, on all forms. And she gets the opportunity more forcefully push back on some of these narratives. At the end of the day, a lot of the stuff that's been said about VP Kamala Harris, obviously it's not true. Drew and I have combated this amongst many other people. It's kind of baked into the cake. And so a lot now you see people say, well, she did her job, or you know, you see a lot different energy towards the narratives that are out there, but that doesn't mean that they can't kind of reignite in 2024 or 2028 or whenever it is that she is running, uh, you know, whether it's a vice presidential re-election campaign or presidential re-election team should be very much aware of it and not let up on it. Drew? I, I'm going to agree with Reese, but I also will say, hey, give me a call. You know, <laughs> like I'm available, you know, so, uh, you know, we can meet and discuss price. No, but seriously, um, we can definitely, <laughs> you know, <laughs> hey, look, it's work, man. No, that's what, but, but that's what other, that look. Funny. That's what the right does. Let, let, let me be real clear, okay? That's what the right does. What they do is, if somebody is sitting here good at rapid response, being able uh, to hit back, they hire them. That's what they do. That's what, and, and if not, if not the administration, that's what third party groups do. That's what the RNC does. And so I say, Jamie Harrison, this is what they need. Cause I kept saying they damn sure need a whole new video team. Well, that's true. That's what that's, I was uh, mentioning. Someone who actually worked on Kamala Harris's campaign, and that and she was explaining to me like, yeah, the way you presented it, this is what happened in red. No, it's got to be bang, 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 bang. And even my videos, at least in the current format, at least they're they're pushing two minutes, and I could even get those shorter. But you're absolutely right. It's got to be in English, but also speaking to the fact of the matter, the fact of her record. Um, I hope they're not just hoping that they can just go off of her showing off the next four years, which, don't get me wrong, it's about to be an all-star game type performance from Kamala Harris. Like, if we ever got to see Mike Vick in the Super Bowl, I'm thinking that's what you're about to see from Kamala Harris when you just go off. Um, and you, she is going to be at the helm of a bunch of progressive uh, policies, and, and, the, and the, it's not going away. So we want to make sure that, hey, again, hey, hit me up. We'll, we'll figure something out, and uh, let, let's get it. Mm -hmm. uh, look, that, that app, that I know uh, you were feeling uh, real good yesterday uh, talking mad noise to a lot of people. Twitter, Instagram, uh, Clubhouse, <laughs> where I've been. I've been uh, mainly there. I, Facebook has been a little slow. Um, it's, been a, it's, it's been oddly very supportive. Different teams are like one long five-day date or what have you. So the AK has just been like on a million right now. So my job has been pretty easy on that front, especially like on Facebook. But as far as the information, I saw a tweet that went viral yesterday, as a matter of fact, a dude just repeating the same tired talking points that we have debunked over and over and over again. And it's not even challenging me now because everything is just saved. But yeah, we got, got to attack it head on and be and, and, and be cool with it. And it ain't got to be expensive. You got an iPhone 11, iPhone 12. 
it's just simple, simple stuff. All right, then. Drew, we appreciate it, man. Put you to work because it, it only makes sense. I appreciate yeah. you. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure and a privilege. And yeah, I definitely let you know. All right. We're, all right. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thank all right, folks. Got to go to a break real quick. We come back. Reverend Dr. William J. Barber, my alpha brother, he gave the homily today uh, for the National Prayer Service. Uh, I'll explain what that means. Some of y'all are like, homily? What's that? Uh, I'll break it down for you. Uh, and we've got some, some other great stories we're talking about. Y'all wait till I show y'all. Y'all got to stick around for this. You know, and I'm going to play it on Roland Martin Unfiltered. And for me, um, the reason I see the value, they ran phone banks. Uh, I, I remember being seven, eight, nine years old. It was like you had no choice. Not, it's not like you had a vote. Mm -hmm. It was like, yo, go over there for the next eight hours, stand there and hand out these uh, uh, pamphlets to anybody who's walking in. And then we'll bring right. you lunch. And then you got some water for yourself. It's right. kind of like, okay. Again, that was, that was what, what wasn't like me. my brother could say, nah, we're all right. right. We're going to stay at the house. I didn't work that way. And right. so for me, um, that, was an, that was a huge part of my up You know, it's a natural thing. I don't think twice about going out and doing community service. I don't think twice about giving up my Saturday mornings, even if I stayed out late on Friday nights. I don't think twice about going to church in the mornings. I think so. I think that might be even bigger than, than the civics piece in schools. I mean, I think that at this point, having that in schools at least gives the children mm -hmm. the opportunity to go home and ask their parents, so mom, dad, what is this? What do you think we should do about this? This is what I learned in school today. Let's talk about it. At least gives the children something to bring home and start a conversation with. Have However, if mm -hmm. the parents start that for the children, then, you know, then the children can go to school and say, hey, why am I not learning this here? Why, why don't I have a civics class? You know what I mean? And they'll have, we'll have more Roland Martins running around here. You are leading the way for the rest of this state. And we believe that this state is on the verge of shocking the entire country. Senate is hinging on one seat, and there's only one race left. That's right. This will literally be the epicenter of the of the entire country, right? So we we ready. Music has an ability to be able to help us feel connected, and that's because music has a way of speaking to the spirit. And it is the spirit we're going to change this country with. It is going to be standing in a space of our power and in the fullness of our spirit of love and the spirit of humanity. That is what's going to transform America. The people that I talk to, a lot of them are scared. Losing your eyesight can be a very scary experience. My job is to help them start the process of getting the resources they need to live a full and healthy life. 
I'm Cynthia King, and I'm a Senior Therapist Program Assistant for the New Jersey Commission for the Blind and Visually Impaired. I've been doing this specific job for 18 years, but I've been in public service for 28 years. When a consumer calls in, I am the first person that they speak with, and I provide them with the information that is needed. I ask the individual, can you kind of tell me, because of your vision loss, what problems are you experiencing? And then a lot of times, that'll usually open it up to say, well, you know what? I used to really enjoy reading, and I'm not able to read my books anymore. Or I used to love to cook, and I can't see the buttons on my stove. Then we can come out and do a home assessment to determine if there are any technical aids or any techniques that we can assist them with so that they can be able to maintain some of their independence. Cynthia is a very caring, loving person. You can hear her on the phone talking to the clients and you can hear the passion in her voice. She gives her all to you. When I first started, we didn't have the health care that we have now. We didn't have the salary and the income that we have now. When we went through a rough time during the reduction in force, AFSCME ensured that fairness and seniority secured my job. Our clients are going through a traumatic change when you lose your vision, losing your independence, but Cindy always seems to find a way to, to, to make them comfortable. Her friendly tone, her demeanor opens the door up for them to say, well, yeah, s send a rehab teacher out here. I want to meet with a mobility instructor. It's because of the way she handles their initial conversation. I've done this job for so long because I love what I do and I love helping others. This job has been so rewarding for me on every aspect in my life and the joy of knowing that I have helped someone to continue on their journey. Every single night. We've got some of the top black experts. You're not going to see them on cable news or broadcast news because you swear black people aren't experts when it comes to this health crisis. That's why we have this show and why we do what we do every day on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Joining us right now is retired General Russell Honore, the nation's first black surgeon general, Dr. Jocelyn Elders, John Hope Bryant, he is the founder of Operation Hope, Senator Kamala Harris of California, Dr. Sadrina Calder, retired General Lloyd Austin, Congresswoman Karen Bass, Commissioner Omari Hardick, Bureau President in Brooklyn, Eric Adams, Dr. Joseph Graves, America's Wealth Coach, Deborah Owens, Dr. Corey Abair, Patel Salt. Uh, Howard University student, Pastor Jamal Bryant, a doctor, uh, Christy McDowell, Benja Ajilore, senior economist at the Center for American Progress, Gilda Daniels, again, author of the book, The Crisis of Voter Suppression in America. Four stars, General Kit Ward, Dr. Oliver Brooks, is president of the National Medical Association, president of the American Medical Association, Dr. Patrice Harris, Yobi Benjamin, Dr. Alexia Gaffney, infectious disease specialist, Dr. George's Benjamin, uh, executive director of the American Public Health Association, Malcolm Nance, family medicine physician Dr. Jen Caudle, Dr. Tashaka Cunningham, a molecular biologist, Kat Stafford. She's a national race and ethnicity reporter for the Associated Press. Dr. Wayne A.I. Frederick, uh, who is the president of Howard University, Congresswoman Yvette Clark uh, from the state of New York, William Springs, AFL-CIO economist, uh, Andrea James, executive director of the 
National Council for Incarcerated and Formerly Incarcerated Women and Girls. All right, let's go to Capitol Hill. Congressman Gregory Meeks, Congresswoman Anybody's Johnson of Texas, Congresswoman Barbara Lee, Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar, mental health clinician Jamie Singletary, Prince George's County State's Attorney Aisha Braidboy, as well as Dylan uh, Harry, ACLU Justice Division strategist. Uh, Dr. Cindy Duke, uh, she's a virologist, Principal Steve Perry of Capitol Prep. Health and wellness specialist Dr. Yolandra Hancock, Desmond Mead, President of the Florida Rights Restoration Coalition, Cliff Albright, who is the co-founder of Black Voters Matter, Michael Harriet group, the Mina McWhorter, founder of Love by the Hand of Dr. Julian Malvo, economist president and mayor of Bennett College, coroner Michael Fowler, is a mayor of Atlanta, Keisha Lance Bottoms, mental health therapist Suzette Clark, Justin Gibney, attorney and political strategist, and Bishop Vincent Matthews Jr., Dr. Suzette McKinney, CEO and executive director of the Illinois Medical District, Dr. Leon McDougall, president-elect of the National Medical Association, Jana Bailey, Mayor of Moss Point, uh, Mississippi, uh, Mario King. We're gonna keep driving this thing to make sure our people are fully aware, safe, protected from coronavirus. You get the top medical experts, top business experts, top political experts, top religious experts, because that's why we do what we do, unapologetically and unfiltered. Ain't nobody else in the black media space doing what we do. Watch Roland Martin Unfiltered daily at 6 p.m. Eastern on YouTube, Facebook, or Periscope or go to RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. Support. Oh, the girls are alive. Not new I'm white. I got you, bro. Yeah, um, illegally selling water without a permit. On, on my, my property. property. Whoa! Hey! Hey, remember. Give me your head. You don't live here. I'm uncomfortable. If y'all think the folks at Fox News and One American News Network and Newsmax are a little bit upset, that Donald Trump lost. Y'all, I saw this video and I said, my Lord, I've got to play this on the show. Roll it! President Trump, if you see this, please save us. I don't even see our American flag anymore. Biden's talking with some kind of crazy flag. This is America. This is our land. Please, President Trump. Please, please. I hope you have a plan. God, please save us. Save us from the devil, please. Y'all are about to have a panic attack. <laughs> this is our country. Our country. This is awful. God, please save us, please. Oh, oh my damn panic attack. I gotta see that one more time. Roll, roll. I gotta I gotta see these mega white tears one more time. President Trump. If you see this, please save us. I don't even see our American flag anymore. Biden's talking with some kind of crazy flag. This is America. This is our land. Please, President Trump. Please, please. I hope you have a plan. God.
Please save us. Save us from the devil, please. Y'all are about to have a panic attack. <laughs> this is our country. Our country. This is awful. God, please save us, please. Y'all, she actually said, I don't even see an American flag. Go to my iPad. Y'all, they, they, they literally planted 200,000. <laughs> they literally planted, they literally planted 200,000 state and territorial flags, American flags. Then they had this one big ass American flag. I, I, absolutely hilarious, Greg. I don't see the red, white, and blue, no. It's some kind of flag. I don't see it. Now, now, now Roland, as much as that man, the, you know what's crazy? And again, black folk, we talking about what is Biden going to do, Biden-Harris going to do for black people. I'm sure there's somebody breathing a sigh of relief tonight because of an executive order that extended people getting put out or evicted until the end of March and also potentially... Uh, mortgage payments. How much you want to bet that lady crying into that phone got some relief yesterday, even as she was praying for President Trump. And then she said, oh, God, which I assume she meant by God, Trump, save mm -hmm, us. Mm -hmm, <laughs> now, mm -hmm. he he is gone to Mar-a-Lago for five minutes to play, uh, play James and get it, that hook. It, here's a video, y'all, of all oh. the flags they put on the national, I don't see a flag. I don't <laughs> see a flag. Maybe I, maybe I don't see a flag because I got cataracts. Well, I wish you might get some health care for it. Look, this is the only other yeah. thing I'm going to say. Remember when they used to come for President Obama and they say, tell Barack Obama to get his hands off my health care. <laughs> this is the madness of whiteness. When she said this is our country, she's what she means is this is a country for white people. This is no country for the rest of them. I'd rather be outside, be butt naked, not be able to see because of cataract, have all my teeth fall out and die of a stroke because I couldn't even go to the doctor rather than let this country go to them. I mean, this is, uh, Erica, this is literally one hour before the inauguration. <laughs> I, I don't see no flags. These yeah, people out their damn mind. They crazy. They crazy. Well, that they are, but uh, she didn't see that Trump flag. And I was thinking the same thing that Greg said just a moment ago around she was praying to her master. See, you talking about this is a part of that 55% that has made their Lord and Savior, Donald John Trump Jr., who cares and gives a damn about nobody but Donald John Trump Jr. So when you hear her crying from what looks like her bathroom recording saying that she's about to have a panic attack, yeah, she's about to have a panic attack because her master is no longer in service to her in the direct way that she would like to see it. So, big ass deal. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I, I'm telling you, uh, I am here 
I am absolutely here, uh, Reese, for all of the maggoteers. I mean, all I, I, I told y'all, I told y'all yesterday uh, that crazy fool Angela Stanton was running her mouth, and she was sitting here uh, dogging, slandering me on Twitter, making up stuff. And I'm like, and, and, and Angela, you know what? And I, I, Angela, I got crazy ass white people. I think I might go ahead and create me a segment called Crazy Ass MAGA Black People. <laughs> and you know what? This might be the cover art that we gonna put in it. Right oh, there. no, man. You man. Man. What? I, I'm just, I, look. Hey, I ain't the one who got arrested. That's her mugshot. <laughs> that, I, I ain't the one. And then, just so y'all understand, yesterday, because, again, I will be petty. Yesterday, uh, punk-ass Jason Whitlock decided to weigh in, saying, oh, she killing this man uh, on Twitter. Make it stop. And then I said, uh, Jason, is this your prom date? This your, this your inauguration ball date? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I said, drop the lower third so we can see. I said, yeah. So I said, shoot some selfies when y'all go to the inauguration ball tonight, Jason Whitlock and Angie Stanton. <laughs> you, yeah, you, yeah, Reese, I'm going to be petty. I'm going to be petty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mm. <laughs> that's, that's an eyesore. That was a lot to take oh. in. I'm going to take in a couple of maggoteers. Mm. I'm already feeling more refreshed. Uh, you know, I don't know why these people want to be saved from higher minimum wage. She looks like, you know, she could use some extra pocket, change in her pocket. I don't know why they want to be saved from healthcare. She looked like she got cataracts if she can't see all them flags. But, you know, Donald Trump is not coming to the rescue, Bill. <laughs> Donald Trump got his own problems to deal with. He said, have a nice life. Y'all didn't see his go away message? He said, have a nice life, bitches. So Donald Trump is not here for you. You better put your stock in Josh Hawley or Ted Cruz or one of them other people because Donald Trump has written off into the sunset and we got a new gang in town that's called the Biden-Harris administration. So you can stay mad and keep providing us with this entertainment though because I'm very, very much entertained by the level of anxiety and panic and just distraught that these people have over what? Biden is still a white man. I mean, what's the problem? It ain't like you got a black woman as the president. She's the vice president. You still got a white man in charge. You still got a white woman who's the uh, speaker. You still got a white man who's the uh, uh, the Senate majority leader. What Y'all have the brain still. It's just that you have a different kind of white people, white people that want to give you health care and, uh, you know, vaccines, God forbid, and COVID testing. What's the problem? What y'all mad about? I, I have no idea why, why they're so upset, but trust me, uh, I am here for all of their tears uh, and agony uh, and all of that. So uh, I, I'm absolutely here 100%. In fact, I'm also here for this. Uh, Madam Vice President Kamala Harris will not be moving into the Vice President's house at the Naval Observatory in Northwest D.C. just yet. In addition to being fumigated, 
The house, located at one observatory circle, will undergo several repairs, such as replacing chimney aligners before Harris and her second, second gentleman, Douglas, Doug, move in. Uh, she said it's easier for these repairs to be done with them being out of the house versus in it. I, I think while they're doing that, they should also call Kyrie Irving uh, to assist with this. Y'all remember when he went, to, they played the Boston Celtics. Y'all remember this here? Uh, when Kyrie uh, was uh, was <laughs> when he was uh, uh, when he was uh, basically p p sage uh, he was saging down the whole joint uh, and, and just so y'all know I am petty I did send the text message to the vice president and her sister saying I'll be more than happy to bring some prayer warriors with some anointed oil uh, and we will we will I said we will anoint the whole place because because see some of y'all just just so some of y'all know okay. Uh, let me real clear. My wife is an ordained minister. She went to seminary. She got all the paperwork. Uh, I'm bootleg, okay? Yeah, I will be uh, the cussing preacher. I'll be the cussing preacher. <laughs> just just want to let y'all know that, okay? Uh, I was taught how to cuss by Catholic priests, so I'm used to cussing preachers. Uh, so just so y'all know, okay? So, um, and so just so y'all know, uh, when I worked at Savoy Magazine, uh, Roy Johnson, my homeboy, he conceived Savoy, founded Savoy, and so he had hit me up. And so I used to, I used to go to New York once every three months uh, and work a week. I, I work remotely, and um, Erica, it was quite interesting because um, one day we were talking, and there were three staffers who were problem people. I mean, they they they, they just they they kept bringing drama, and it was just this constant. He was like, you know, I, he's, you know, he said, I, I just wish they would just leave. I said, well, you know, that that can be helped. Oh. So um, I go to New York um, and I, I go to the office and I, I bring some oil with me, mm. um, and we, we call it blessed oil. Uh, and it was uh, obviously it was to, to some olive oil, some frankincense and myrrh, and it was and it was put together by some prophets. So um, what we then did was first we was we were, I was standing in his doorway and then I poured some down. He said, like, "What are you doing?" I said, "Oh no, so you got to pour some across the doorway so when they walk into your office, they are crossing into anointed space." I said, "Now I need you to show me where they desk are." So I just went over to their desk and just oiled down the chairs and oiled down the keyboard and the desk. You know, and see, you don't pray for anything bad to happen to somebody. What you do is you pray they move on to their own divine good. Mm. See, that's the phrase. That's Just move on to your own divine good. Uh, and so when I get a call about two weeks later, he said, hey, so-and-so um, uh, quit today. I was like, okay, down one, two to go. And literally within three months, those three people were gone. And he was like, what did you do? I said... I ain't got a problem praying crazy away. <laughs> and so I really would advise Vice President Kamala Harris uh, and Doug and the family uh, get some praying people to roll up in that joint and pray all them evil pits spirits out. And any of them MAGA people pray all that out because you ain't trying to be around all them evil ass spirits. Erica, I know you know something about that. Um, I know a whole lot about that. My I had a grandmother, late grandmother, who was a preacher. Um, had another grandmother who um, a strong intercessor. Um, I had another my grandmother that was a preacher. I can remember her as a child taking that holy oil, taking that anointed oil, putting it on our 
foreheads and seeing her jump up and down. And we just didn't know what was happening until we really got into the prophetic and came up in the prophetic as a child as well. So I know all about that realm. I know people who know how to get up into heaven. Um, and so, and for those people that knew me when I was in federal service um, for nearly 10 years, there were folks and people know, and people can attest to this, seeing me on, seeing me bow down in prayer, like, on my knees in front of my desk and I prayed some stuff away um, and kept my place uh, in, a, in a place where I was able to work effectively. So I believe in all of that. Long story to say, I believe in all of that. What I also believe is that, um, you know, Madam um, Vice President Harris and uh, the second gentleman do have good people around them. So I am sure that as these repairs, which I love that because we know that can encompass a lot, as these repairs are being done over the, over her home, that there are good people around her that are praying. She's, uh, you know, a member of AK Alpha Kappa Alpha sorority. And so I know that there are some uh, prayerful women that are a part of that sorority um, that are definitely uh, soliciting prayers on her behalf as well. But yeah, I definitely believe in the, the, oil, the oil, the anointing and the power of prayer. There's so much that's being done in the invisible realm that can be can't even be accomplished in the physical realm. So see, see, um, my hope is for her. See, see, Greg, um, you know, that's what I keep trying to tell these people. Y'all ain't going to get this watching MSNBC. Y'all not going to get this sort of analysis watching CNN uh, and the rest of these networks. Uh, because I'm telling you, because, uh, uh, look, I'm telling move on to their own divine good. Because, see, I know they spend $500,000 fumigating the White House for COVID and all that stuff. But the literal evil that was in these spaces, mm -hmm. uh, in the and I'm telling you, see what, see the way they really should do it, Greg. Get a whole army of prayer warriors and say we're gonna start the White House. Then we're gonna go to the old executive office building. Then we're gonna go to the Treasury Department. Then we're gonna send them to the Vice President's house. Then we're gonna send them to every single federal agency. See, that's how you do it. That's, that's how that's how you deal with evil. Do it, brother. Listen, Roland. You right. You right. You're not gonna hear this anywhere else. Watch this. It's deep in the black tradition not to pray something on somebody else evil because you'll get the bill back. We didn't learn that here. That came from the continent. That is mm -hmm. a cardinal rule in Rada and Petro side of Vodun. And I know you guys and folks in Haiti. So let's be very clear about this. If you want to go buck. She called for them African angels. You bring all the spiritual traditions. See, the Naval Observatory is about two minutes from the South African embassy. So you bring the Sangomas. You understand? These Nelson Mandela's people, Winnie Mandela's people. You got the, the, the Muslims on that side. You bring them. And why? And this is where it gets real buck. Y'all remember last time I was in Charleston, uh, South Carolina. I was at Mother Emanuel, in fact. And this wasn't the last time. Time for last. Walking around downtown Charleston. And, you know, I was looking at the, the, the wrought iron gates around a lot of the churches. You know, a lot of that stuff was African iron workers, the Bambara people, the, you know, the Yoruba, the Mende blacksmiths especially. And, you know, the, 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 the saying is that when these Africans were forced to build those fences around the churches, that they would say, these are so beautiful. And then they would say, what are those uh, symbols in there? They said, whatever y'all are praying to. We have now surrounded you with our power to keep whatever is in there out. Uh, Mike Pence and mother. 
That God y'all pray to ain't the God that the gods of Africa serve. So if you want to re real buck, Kamala, let's be very clear. Your people Jamaican, go get them rosters. <laughs> go get everybody to call everything, and you ain't going to have no problems for the rest of your life. Now, what they lose, however, will purge this land with blood. So before you do it, make sure you want to do it. We can handle it. Oh, it can be handled. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if they want to go that black road. Well, I, 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 I'm telling you who we not going to call. Oh, God. Oh, God. Control you room heard hell up. I knew it. I knew it. I hear a sound of abundance of rain. I hear a sound of victory. I hear a sound of shouting and singing. I hear a sound of victory. I hear a sound of abundance of rain. I hear a sound of victory. I hear a sound of an abundance of rain. I hear a sound of victory. The Lord Oh, yeah. Them African angels have shown up, Paula White. <laughs> sure did. And we about to unleash them against all of y'all, Reese. Mm. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. That Paula White video still... They tried to get her on beat, but she was still on the... What is it? The three and the five as uh, Reverend <laughs> Jeremiah... Nah, she was, on a, she was on the one three. We on the two oh, four. Oh, okay. She okay. on the one three. I don't even know. Whatever they all heard that she was on. They heard her. They heard her, Reese. They they, they oh, heard it. They sent Martin Luther King's pastor to the Senate. Told the African <laughs> angels came oh, yeah. to do what she wanted. <laughs> oh yeah, that the African angels heard. They heard. Oh, oh absolutely. And see, uh, every, that's why. So y'all, y'all know yesterday, uh, Ellie Mistel uh, put this out. Y'all know yesterday uh, they were supposed to have you know all the crazy uh, white MAGA people. Uh, they were supposed to have uh, rallies in all fifty state capitals, um, but. Uh, let's just say things didn't didn't go quite as well. Uh, it was uh, it was a problem for some of them, uh, where basically uh, a lot of them just uh, didn't show up. Uh, they they were struggling yesterday. Uh, I'm gonna pull up yesterday one of the shots where basically one person showed up, one person showed up, uh, and so uh, y'all might be asking, well, well, what happened? Why they didn't show up? See, it's a little different when you take your ass to the Capitol and then you act a fool, then you end up getting arrested. <laughs> See, they, they thought they were going on a field trip. Like one fool said, oh, we went to the Capitol. I was uh, a Houston police officer who got arrested said, oh, I was there to see the art on the wall. Mm, okay. Yeah. All right. All right, gonna be picking up soap soon too, uh, and so uh, they all been getting jacked, including the Proud Boys organizer Joseph Randall Biggs. He was arrested in Florida on Wednesday. The FBI says the 37-year-old uh, did aid, abet, counsel, command, induce, or procure others to storm the U.S. Capitol on January 6. They also say he helped to pre-plan the deadly riot and was one of the first people to storm the Capitol. Biggs, however, 
appeared in federal court Wednesday and said he denied having any knowledge of pre-planning the January 6th event. The 37-year-old was re released under home confinement. He is facing counts of obstructing an official proceeding of Congress, illegal entry, and disorderly conduct on restricted capital grounds. I'm trying to figure out uh, how in the hell you get released uh, 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 on, on home confinement. Then, of course, there's the white woman... There's the white woman out of Texas uh, who chartered the plane to fly to D.C. Now her ass on PayPal begging for donations uh, because, uh, remember, she also released a video uh, begging Trump to give her and others a pardon. See, this is the thing, Erica. These fools, they literally thought Trump was going to pardon their ass. They, they, they thought they were going on a field trip. Now about getting arrested, they're like, damn, I, this this thing's serious. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, being about When it. your dumb ass stormed the Capitol <laughs> and beat cops and tossed side barricades and steal podiums and laptops and going to afford a house in the Senate, your ass might be in trouble. Just a little bit, especially when there are hundreds and thousands of videos and that you live stream. <laughs> I mean that that's like the dude who shot some video of him selling crack and then said, I just made a hundred dollars and live streamed it. Essentially, that's what happened here. And, and it's really interesting and it's telling, too, because a lot of these insurrectionists did not believe that consequences, um, that they would face consequences. They felt like the consequences that they would face, you know, consequences were really for black and indigenous and other people, not necessarily for white people. But now that the FBI tip line has continued to be flooded. Twitter and other people on different social media platforms have began to turn in and to say that, oh, I know who this person is. Um, the chick that was um, picked up because the laptop she stole out of Speaker Pelosi's house and then tried to sell it to Russia like, no, sweetheart, there is a part of justice that does belong to you as well. It might not be administered in the same way that it is to black and brown bodies, but you will see some of it. So that's why you kind of see you know, the, the guy I think that you're talking about, I think that was in New York State where he thought that thousands of people would be showing up, his brother and his sister, and he was the only one there. Yeah, fool, because all of those people have been captured on video. They've been geolocated. And so you have people that believe that they're being followed by the FBI. Perfect. Great. Good for you. Get just a small glimpse of what life like, what life is like for Black folks. Just a small, just a a, a teeny little insight into what that life is like. And so for those people that do believe that they can walk around and um, not have to face any consequences behind the very serious actions that took place on January the 6th, um, they are soon finding out that absolutely accountability is a thing, even for white people. You know what? I'm doing this here. She posted this. Y'all go to my iPad. Uh, she posted, uh, help support Jenna Ryan by donating or retweeting, uh, I'm accepting donations to pay legal fees and losses due to my arrest and charges by the FBI for protesting at the U.S. Capitol. Let me just tweet her. Hell no. Um, call. Yeah, I'm, I'm, see, see, I've been, I've been watching too many Reese's videos. Um, uh, call, uh, Whitlock. Oh, this is a first. Um, Angie Stanton. Oh, oh. 
uh, let's see here. Oh, Bruce Lavelle. Oh. Uh, let's see. Oh, Rep Vernon Jones. Uh -oh. <laughs> um, oh, Paris Denard. Oh, my God. Uh, let's see here. It, oh, hold up. Real, yeah, call real Candace. Uh, Murder. Murder was the case. Uh, let's see here. Oh, that, that ignorant <laughs> fool, Brandon Tatum. Um, let's see here. Oh, you know what? Go ahead and call crazy fool Charlie Kirk. Uh, <laughs> let, let's see. Did, oh, you know what? Call uh, uh, Bobert, Lauren Bobert, that fool. Um, anybody else? You know what? What the hell? Call Rand Paul. Uh, let's see. Ted Cruz. Uh, let's see. Call Josh Har Harley. Um, yeah, anybody else I should I should tweet tweet to. <laughs> you know what? Somebody hey, thank you, YouTube. Uh thank you, uh Zach Attack. Uh hit diamond and silk. <laughs> um, um Oh, that 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 little leprechaun uh and and Lil Leprechaun uh Terrence. Uh, yeah, there you go. Um, oh. enjoy. Oh. Roland Martin unfiltered. And you tagging R and you. You know, I, I gotta go ahead. I gotta get some. There you go. All right, yeah, go. I'm done with that one. Yes, I'm done. Greg, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm just saying, I mean, I've been watching too many Reese videos. <laughs> See what you did, Reese? The Reesey effect. Listen, I'm all for it. <laughs> but you know, the crazy thing is, nobody, the reason we know 9-11-2001 is because nobody was had that date circled on the calendar, even though Condoleezza Rice and them knew that something was going to happen and the Bush administration. Well, a reason I'm bringing that up is because, yeah, we got past one twenty twenty one, but, you know, now we got to worry about every other day. That's why this whole thing with the attorney general. Okay, Mary Garland, y'all, you better let Kristen Clark do what she know how to do. Because these people right here, they, nah, yeah, they mad about now. You said that lady was crying. It was all fun and games until it's like July the 8th or something like that. What the hell? Remember, go read Timothy McVeigh's testimony in, in the trial the, uh, with the Oklahoma City bombing. These guys don't go away. So at this point, you got to press the advantage. And you're right, Roland. Damn Mitch McConnell. Break his whole back. This guy got to go because he, he could have tagged him on it, too. They are betting on this thing just kind of simmering down. No, that's when you're at, at your most vulnerable. So, yeah, it's all fun and games. No question. But, uh, yeah, we got past yesterday. You know what that bought us today? We get past today. You know what that bought us tomorrow? I'd be well said the price of... Uh, of, of justice, the price of freedom is eternal vigilance. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got to watch these people. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, folks, uh, we want y'all to support what we do here at Martin Unfiltered by joining our Bring the Funk fan club. Uh, of course, you could do so by going to our cash app, dollar sign, rmunfiltered, paypal.me forward slash rmartinunfiltered, 
Venmo.com forward slash RM Unfiltered. Hit us up on Zale, Roland at RolandSMartin.com. Uh, of course, our goal for $20,000 fans, at least $20,000 fans, contributing 50 bucks a year, allowing us to do what we do. We got some amazing plans in 2021, and so we certainly want your support, y'all. Last night, uh, somebody, Teresa asked on Facebook, why hasn't Melek been back? Because uh, Melek unbooked himself. He, he did, he did, it would get a little too hot. Uh, on the show, um, cause you know, he also black MAGA supporter. Uh, so, um, so M M Paul Mimelik unbooked himself. Uh, so if he want to come back, he can do so. But I, I just told him, I said, if you lie, I'm gonna cut you off. So don't lie. Last night, y'all, they had the big, uh, they had the big, uh, Celebrating America concert. Uh, and, uh, man, my man, John Legend, Lord, did he sit here and decide, uh, to invoke Nina Simone. Birds flying high, you know how I feel. Sun in the sky, you know how I feel. Breeze drifting on by, you know how I feel. It's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new life for me. It's a new dawn, it's a new day, a new life for me. Ooh. And I'm feeling good. Fish in the sea, you know how I feel. River running free. It's a new day, it's a new life for me. And I'm feeling good. Dragonfly out in the sun. You know what I mean, don't you know? Butterflies are having fun. You know what I mean. That's what I mean And this old world is a new world And a bold world for me Stars, when you shine You know how I feel Scent of the pine You know how
Wow, that was a great that was a great party last night, Reese. Yeah, it was. I, I kind of went to bed early, though, I'll be honest with you. I, I caught a couple clips. It was a long day on Roller Martin Unfiltered. You had us up early. We had a long <laughs> marathon session. So shout out to all the performers that I did catch, but John Legend did his thing for show. No, stop acting like your ass so old. Let me, I ain't go to bed early. I was tired. <laughs> John Legend rarely sees covers, uh, but it was great to hear him pay homage to uh, Nina Simone, Greg. It was. Uh, and Roland, I, I appreciate you winning at Tennessee State, rocking at Tennessee State. As Ed Temple, the coach of the Tiger Bells, used to say, Wilma Rudolph and them, only the pure in heart get up early in, early in the morning, brother. And so when you do that, and you see, you, you don't sleep. So I'm with you, Reese. I was, you know, but after, after watching that, I must be, I must be Kansas. I, I appreciate John Legend. What it did was send me back to go listen to Nina Simone. Absolutely. So anyway, because you know it ain't but one Nina on that song. Man. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I sent I sent John a text, told him, uh, "Great job." Uh, I was so she would approve. Uh, Erica, it was uh, it was a fitting close, a huge, huge deal last night uh, that we saw, that we witnessed. And uh, man, okay, so now, Erica, did you watch the show last night? I watched bits and pieces. Were you there for the fireworks show? Oh, of course. I love the fireworks. Those were absolutely stunning. I, some fool actually tweeted it was too much fire. I said, I ain't, I ain't never heard somebody say you have too many fireworks. <laughs> like, who the hell says that? Well, I wanted to end our show tonight with that, uh, that now, now control room. Let me just, y'all got all of it, right? <laughs> oh, no. Do y'all have the whole fireworks show? <laughs> It was bomb. I'm going to ask one more time. <laughs> they got two minutes and 39 seconds worth of fireworks. Thank you. Because if y'all had cut 20 seconds, somebody was about to get fired. I'm just letting y'all know. <laughs> we got All to right. Katy Perry, though. Oh, no. Huh? So much unseasoned singing. Say Katie what, Reese? I said we have to hear Katy Perry, though. Oh, Lord. No, 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 no. We ain't going to hear. No, no. We're going to do it differently. We're going to play our theme show music on top of the fireworks. Damn, we ain't trying to hear no Katy Perry. Uh, so, right. so, 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 Greg, Reese, Erica, we appreciate it. Thanks about y'all. We're going to close this show out again with last night's fireworks display. I'll see y'all tomorrow. Holla! BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.